Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Showcase Sundays today on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. Sonic Speaks. Welcome to Sonic Speaks. I'm Jack Ward, and I'm here with the amazing people from Faustian Nonsense, the creators of this amazing network, Amelia Kinch and Jacqueline Salaji. Welcome, folks. I got to say, before we get started, these are two of my favorite people in the audio drama community. I say that about a lot of people, but we are such new friends. I kind of feel like we're old friends. I feel really comfortable chatting with them, and they're both a part, and the whole network's a part of uh, the Mutual Audio Network. We get a chance to listen to some great shows. Just want to let you know before we get started, we're already playing the Lavender Tavern every Saturday and loving it. And A Midsummer Quarantine starts February 4th, two days after my birthday. So thank you so much. It's a birthday present for you specifically, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) I really appreciate it. So for those people who don't know, uh, if you could tell us, let's start with Amelia, if you could tell us what Faustian nonsense is and what you guys represent. I would love to. And, you know, we actually got um, we have a, a brand new intern with us. Her name is Audrey, not of the space variety, not of the space plant carnivorous variety <laughs> that we know of, at least. Um, of course, we would support her if she were to decide to become. Um, but uh, she uh, submitted this description for us and uh, Audrey Rogerson. Yeah. Yes. Um And it's the best description that like it inspired us in, like a reverse. But um, Faustian Nonsense is a collaborative indie network entertainment collective where sound designers, script writers, audio editors, voice actors, musicians, and animators come together to create a variety of digital media content. Their mission is to create inclusive and well-developed podcasts using their multifaceted production team and also small uh, podcast creator support by offering voice actors, audio editors, and marketers for hire. Faustian Nonsense was created in an effort to move away from the Faustian bargains that indie creators often have to make in order to find an audience for their content. The company's current goals are to support a diverse array of small creators ethically and launch their latest podcast, Supersuits, which takes place at a superhero law firm. Tell me that's not the most beautiful thing you've ever heard. That's beautifully put together. How did this whole thing start? Jackie, do you want to give us an idea how this began? Uh... Well, it started uh, with Amy and I getting to know each other through work, and uh, this was in 2020, so we spent a lot of time in Zoom calls just for the company. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we. I was li- living mostly alone. I had a roommate, but she was staying with her parents for most of early lockdown, uh, so we were just hanging out for the sake of having someone to talk to, and we got to talking about podcasts that we were listening to. And then we're like, hey, how about we make our own? And, <laughs> and isn't that a slippery slope? <laughs> oh, yeah. Apparently. So we did. And we we wrote and starred in a show called Jack of All Trades, which we'll talk a little bit more detail about later. Uh, and 
In the process of making Jack of All Trades, we found so many amazing people, voice actors, audio people, all kinds of people with different expertises, musicians, everything. Cinematographers. Yeah. Game Um, developers. And and we were like, we have this network of people and we would love to create something with that. Uh, Something bigger than just a single production. Uh, So we decided to found an entertainment network. Uh, and we're doing all kinds of podcasts right now. We also have plans for, uh, as Amy just mentioned, game development and- Yeah, comic release yeah. Uh, publications. We've got like webcomic potential. We've got, we basically have a whole in-house game studio that we managed to cobble together entirely by accident. Yeah. Um, we ended up asking later, uh, like eh, if somebody were to create like a multi-choice uh, you know, a plot directive in the sense of like a, a um, RPG game. Is there anybody that's familiar with like asset creation? And we had like several people pop up and go, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm good with Blender and Unity and Unreal. And we're like, I have a degree in it. Uh, I used to teach this in my off time. And uh, actually, if you happen to know any of the people at Lionsgate, they're like my pals. And we were like, <laughs> that is a vastly more enthusiastic and qualified response than we could have ever expected um so it was but we we could not have fathomed that level of skill in the people that we cobbled together with jack of all trades and then the people who followed yeah uh and we kept finding more and more amazing people who craved the community that we were creating um and so we are people who wanted to tell a story and had like two-thirds of the skills required and we all cobbled together in this weird mismatch jigsaw puzzle to create unbelievably beautiful things. And that was the key. Uh, when we were making Jack of All Trades, we found we collaborated really well together because yeah. we fill in the gaps in each other's writing styles. Mm-hmm. Uh, the things that one of us isn't as enthusiastic about is maybe capable of or good at, but not excited by, the other person thrives on. So we were like, you know, what if instead of trying to force ourselves to do the parts that we don't love, we find people who love it and here we are. Yeah, that was that was kind of a that was probably the, the moment that FN started. But whether we realized it or not is the first time I don't remember even who suggested it. It was probably simultaneous in our hive mind <laughs> before we knew that we had one. But um, uh, where I was like, I look, I'm great with like first drafts and outlines and big I'm not great at narrowing it down. I mean, I am the classic ADHD nightmare. <laughs> I can spit out a 300 page whatever in a week. It will not make sense, but by God, it will exist. And, um, and then I'm the autistic problem solver yeah. who wants <laughs> to take the chaos. So it turns out that spectrum is the dream team once you're at the polar opposite ends. <laughs> so That's amazing. Um, I passed it to her and I was like, just do with it what you will. I have really thick skin. You can hack away at it as much as you want. And Jackie went, you mean that? And I went, I mean that. And she did. Yeah. And I came back at it and I was like, oh, what if I added some flair here? And Jackie was like, okay, let's write it in over here and let's top it up over here. And we managed to make this script that it it created such a community so instantly yeah. that I think it was so clear how much love we poured into it 
that everybody else brought their passion project out of the works and everybody kind of went, oh, I could help you with that bit if you want. And all of a sudden it was almost like a cannibalistic, like, oh, I'm going to be a part of this project too. And <laughs> before we now know we it, have to stop ourselves from yeah, we doing do. too many things. Yeah, we do. <laughs> That's the thing about creativity is that you really can start drawing in other people of like mind. It's so exciting. You got that first show together. You decided you wanted to have your own kind of business doing this. How difficult was the business side, Amy? Like when you decide to get this together, it couldn't have just fallen all together and all the the procedures and everything you wanted to do. How how what was that like? All right, so I won't lie. I both Jackie and I do have JDs, and that did help. Um, <laughs> so the incorporation portion of it, I promise, it's not as scary as it looks. Uh, for those who are going out, just do it. Uh, weirdly enough, the folks at the IRS are kind of nice. Like of all of the governmental branches, they're weirdly like the most understanding. Um, so if you just kind of say, I don't know, I checked a box and I panicked, they're like, yeah, that's valid. I have a form for that. Um, so <laughs> don't, don't worry about it too much. Um, but I, I did have a JD under my belt. So that's, that part of it wasn't as intimidating to me. Um, as I also have a background, um, being a, a musical theater director, like a regular theater director. So I've, I've had a lot of experience, um, running, small but intricate uh, troops, I guess would be the best way to our uh, R-O-U-P <laughs> but uh, rather than troops of the double O variety. But um, so I had some experience cobbling that stuff together that hadn't really cropped up in a while, but it was like sliding back home, really. Um, and turning it into a business, we found that, well, the biggest... I hate to say obstacle because it makes it sound like it's something I, I dislike and it's not true. Um, our biggest obstacle is our ethics and that like, which I will never let go of, um, that we will never charge people for listening to our podcasts. Never. We refuse to. Um, as much as we are able to make art accessible, we will. Um, as much as we are able to make the creation of art accessible, we will. Of course, we still need to, you know, eat and all that stuff. So what we did is we instead found ways to monetize the tools that people use to create that you don't really need if you're going to do a, like an at-home production, um, but are really nice to have or save you some time. Um, one of these big examples is actually something that we're launching later this year, Jack, um, called Banshee. Um, and actually, Mutual Audio Network has been a huge ally of Banshee in that we've cobbled together a bunch of different uh, sound directories from veteran uh, sound designers, FF SFX editors, and we are making a huge library of them where you can purchase like, uh, say 30 seconds of various kinds of footsteps for 20, 20 cents. And now that is yours to use commercially. So you don't have to worry about chasing down the licensing on SoundCloud. You don't have to worry about contacting the creator for proper crediting. It just saves you a bunch of time that you, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to do that because we never wanted to back anybody into a corner. But if that is something that you are willing to spend five bucks on, your production process is going to go an awful lot smoother. And that is going to be um, legally specified to be used in both podcasts and video games, whereas most directories at the moment are one or the other. Um, so we wanted to make sure it was extraordinarily uh, multi-purpose. But Banshee will be coming out later this year. That's one of our, our bigger uh, expected sources of revenue. Ads, of course, unfortunately, I don't think we can ever really quite get away from advertisements. But we have gone out of our way to make sure that they are customized. So if, like, if you listen to some of the ads in Lavender Tavern on Mutual Audio Network or through FN Proper, either way, you'll catch some ads by our very own in-house voice actors who came up with skits that they thought were funny to support a uh, little business library. 
Um, and we went through them and we painstakingly made sure that this, these skits were fun to listen to as well. Um, and we go out of our way to make sure that even the ad content is still content. Um, and, uh, so that's, that's another big source of revenue. And, uh, finally, the last one is relatively new, actually. Um, well, I say, I guess Banshee will be new to everybody else. It's not new to me, <laughs> but it's a, it'll be new to everybody else. But, um, classes, we found a lot of voice actors, audio editors, um, writers, are very nervous about submitting their first pitch script or putting together their demo reel because the entertainment industry, as I'm sure you all know, Jack, is a big ball of mystery and a total lack of consistent transparency because it is kind of the Wild West. And like, especially with audio production, there's not a good standard of what you can expect at any given job. And that makes it so much more nerve wracking if you are coming in from the outside. Um, so many people are more qualified than they think they are. Um, which is why I hesitated so long in making a class because I felt like the class would honestly me be going, yeah, you're good. You're fine. Go. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're, you're ready, I swear. But um, I ended up answering a lot of questions for a bunch of the actors we cast in Supersuits about like how their audition went or what part of it was particularly notable. Like one of the interactions I had um, with a brilliant voice actress, if you come across or hire her immediately, you'll never be so lucky, um, Sam Yao. Um, and she asked if the reason she had got a certain part rather than another was because of her accent. And I told her, no, 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 no. Your accent is what makes you so valuable in an audio drama because that is an immediate distinction of character. Now, I don't know how that would translate to, say, like an animated show. And maybe they have to mess with like the phoneme looks of the lips different or something like that. But for an audio drama where there's no visual component you need to add to and the biggest thing that you need to focus on is making sure the audience can follow the story, having a unique accent is incredible having it's, it's an instant character identity isn't it's it it's an yeah. instant character identity and um and it's so underutilized already that i at the moment she was like i could do like three different accents i was like hired no further questions like <laughs> and she was like did like i i went through callbacks so like was that like a hindrance i was like no 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 no. that like bumped you to the top of the list and i realized that there was stuff like that that unless you are actively editing something together and going oh no they sound the same you wouldn't really run into um, so we've started doing classes, uh, the first of the series being um, two lectures followed by live Q&A. And I'm trying to keep the classes relatively small per um, grouping. So we will split them if we get too many enrollments. But um, and we're open for February and March enrollments right now. We already closed for January. But uh, the first two lectures are about what a director wants. And my hope is to just explain my experiences as a director when um, I wished actors would step up and get involved more, when I wish they would just sit down and shut up, when <laughs> when to bring up certain experience, when not to, um, when it's appropriate to really go out of your way to go big. Here's a hint, Jack, it's always. Um, and like what to include in the email, stuff like that. Um, because there was a shocking number of folks who like sent in auditions with no means to contact them back. None. There were at least three people where I had I would have brought them to callbacks and I had no idea how I had no clue. And I and I they clearly and it was a very polite email. And they like signed their first name. It was very friendly, which is all good. But I need you to put like your email, your first name, your home address, your social. security. No, don't put your social. But like <laughs> I need to be able to reach you. Um, and especially, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm not. One of those, God, I hope I'm not one of those directors. I guess my actors can vouch better than me, but <laughs> that like is flexible in means of communication. Um, but some directors are really not. So like you should put your Skype address, even if you haven't booted it up in 10 years, like that kind of thing makes a huge difference. Um, so I cobbled together some lectures 
Um, and I honestly expect that the lectures will generate more questions than answers, which is why I wanted them to be a Q&A series too. Um, and the second series in those classes is a workshop um, where we will, as a class, go through and create 12 distinct voices for each person. Um, and I, oh man, I have a big bone to pick with the concept of distinct voices too, but like the idea that everybody has to create an, an original, unique voice that's never been heard before. Why? There are archetypes. You can lean into that. That's fine. Um, but we just need to know that you can as a director. But uh, we're going to come up with 12 unique things, like either to use for commercial reels or audio books or, of course, audio dramas. Um, do a little bit of uh, accent work. Everybody's scared of accent work. So I'm just going to make them. We're all going to go in together. We're going to look like fools together. It's going to be amazing. Um, and by the end of it, they will come out with a fully ready, developed, professional demo reel that they can confidently send knowing what the benefits of each portion of the reel are and what to highlight. So like if they're going for a particular role that is at, uh, that they do a voice that is akin to in their eighth voice or whatever, they have the exact timestamp ready to go. Um, I wanted to make it easier for people to know when they had a finished demo reel that was an adequate showcase of what they could do to their benefit um, and what that looks like because it's not going to be the same for everybody. Uh, so that's the workshop series. Um, and then one above that is a, a, the advanced workshop where we go in more detail kind of on what a director wants, where I make them direct because I can tell you about it all I want, but there's no substitute for you actually running a casting call, for you actually directing a short, um, for you actually putting together a production that one you can, I'll, I basically offer to help format your portfolio for you and how to show that off as a skill. Um, because that'll make a lot of directors be like, oh, good, you know, kind of the insight of what I want on a production set um, in a way that you can only really get through experience. Plus, it'll give you experience on what to how to act, how if you want to step into a director's shoe, it opens that door for you. And then we finish it off with a um, a series of lectures and Q&A from Marguerite Kenner of Escape Artists and uh, notably involved in Magnus Archives and Marguerite Kenner's and everything. But she's also by day a lawyer um, a still active lawyer, not a, a recovering lawyer like us. But um, so she's going to give legal insight into like voice acting unions, when it's to your benefit, when it's not. And pretty much always unions are to your benefit. Um, what it means to be part of a union, what it means to be uh, represented by an agency, what it means to go freelance, how to check a contract to make sure you're not getting totally screwed over. Um, stuff like that, what copyright means, what's the difference between copyright and trademark, stuff that you should have under your belt, at least a vague understanding of if you really want to make this like your day job. Um, otherwise, there are going to be some hard lessons to learn um, when you come across people who do not have your best interests at heart, um, which thankfully I haven't really come across much of in the audio production industry, but I'm having been in many Once entertainment audiences. Yeah, I, it, undoubtedly, it comes up. So I'm really proud of it, and I, I wanted to create a series of classes and workshops that both helped people come away from them feeling confident in their skills and in what they've produced, understanding where that confidence comes from so it's not based entirely off of a pep talk, um, and understanding, too, that, like, you don't really have to like your voice. The director does. And, like, there's stuff like that that I've told actors that they're like, that kind of blew my mind. I was like, yeah, you can send it in if you hate it. It's fine. If it's what the director asked for that's really the only rubric you're going by. <laughs> For sure. Um, that's fantastic. And, yeah. So I wanted people to be confident. I wanted them to come away recognizing their own skills and to have all of the tools that they might have been missing prior to go for much bigger fish. 
I love the idea that you guys are focused on all, like you said, all the pieces to become great artists as well. Whereas, you know, so many people, they just want to make their own thing and they just want people to get out of their way and do their own thing. And they forget that we're minds of many, right? And we can help each other out in so many different ways. And, you know, uh, so I, I, that's one of my big passions. And I, I love that about you guys. Can you tell me what your second show was? Was it super suits? Cause you have, you mentioned that Jackie's baby. Uh, well, our, Second show uh, would actually have been a Midsummer's Quarantine. That is true. Um, yeah. Which was a challenge that we set ourselves <laughs> uh, kind of accident. Like we weren't originally kind of, planning yeah. to do it. But basically, if you ever want to know kind of the crazy personalities that we've bonded with Jack over, this is a pretty, <laughs> a pretty great summation of what we are like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we had we had this idea of doing um, general public domain uh, adaptations, but mm-hmm. we were like, we'll start with Shakespeare. So we were going to do an update of a Midsummer Night's Dream set during quarantine. Cause I had a huge, uh, uh, <laughs> a huge bone to pick with it. A lot sure. of, a lot of the Midsummer quarantines or Midsummer Night's Dream stuff is like all family friendly. That play is super horny. Jack, it is so, it is nothing but sex comedy, the whole thing. <laughs> and every time I went and saw a production of it, I was like, what is this? I should be, there should be more penis jokes. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> So we were going to do this anyway, but then at some point I looked at a calendar and I was like, <laughs> Midsummer is coming up in one month. Do we dare challenge ourselves to write and produce this entire audio drama in time to release on Midsummer's Day? And we put it to the group and yeah. they were like, All this right. is nuts. Let's do it. <laughs> And so it was it was like a summer camp. We basically wanted to see how much of this we could do. So it's six episodes and we had so much fun. uh, And it sounds like y'all will be hearing it soon. So that's great. Yeah, it's Uh, so much fun. But yeah, so that was our second one, technically. But uh, that was kind of a mini project. Yeah. Super Suits (laughs) is the next really big one. And I am show running it. Uh, I have always wanted to write uh, run a writer's room. So I saw my opportunity. Uh, this was one of those ideas that someone had. We were supposed to be taking a day off and someone <laughs> had this idea and everyone jumped on it. It was so exciting and we couldn't hold back. And, and then, then someone named, named it, it Paul. Uh, Paul. Paul came Paul up of with the this. Green Horizon. Please yes. listen to the Green Horizon. It's so funny. Uh, Paul named it Super Suits. The premise is <laughs> a workplace comedy set in a law firm in a superhero comic book universe. So anytime you've been at the theater, like, you know, and somebody makes a dad joke of like, who's going to pay for the, the car that Superman tossed at the sun? <laughs> that is what this is about. Yes. That is 100 percent what this is about. Um, and because we both have uh, law degrees and <laughs> are huge nerds in general, but also about the law. And we and also actually comic books. <laughs> and comic books. But w- the thing is that the law can be fun and people so don't weird. get to hear about the fun side of the law. Yeah. And was... the really fun questions that it makes you ask. And... Like, can a house be legally haunted? The answer will surprise you. The answer is yes. Yeah, it can be. Case. There is a case and it's not... the funniest case you've ever read in your entire not life. Not a fictional one. This is a real one. This is a real case. It's a good Stambovsky. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so we got everyone who is interested in the network in on this. We put together a writer's room and we are crowdfunding it later this month. Mm -hmm. We don't have an exact date yet, but through Seed and Spark, we're going to be uh, raising money so we can pay our voice actors. We've already cast it. That's the casting call that Amy was referring to. We put out a casting call 
and got over 300 auditions sent to us. Uh, so we have an incredible cast that we are so excited about. It was very hard to narrow down those 300 something auditions. Thankfully, so good. because it's a sitcom, we have so many people who come in for one episode. So we, yeah. we got to have a big ensemble cast. Otherwise, yeah. I think my heart heart would have actually shattered. That's that's um, one of the problems I have is I, I hate saying no to people who have taken the time, you know, so there's no way to be like, this is a no, but I can't emphasize enough how good you are. Right. How good that this, you're like, this is you're incredible. And, but like, there's no way to make that come off appropriately. Yeah. But yeah, send us send us a link when that time comes. We'll put it up absolutely. on the Sonic Society webpage to see if we can get you more. Oh, absolutely! We will. We will be shouting it from every rooftop we have access to. <laughs> like Batman, top of the Empire State <laughs> Building, screaming into the night, and people will absolutely come at us with brooms, and undoubtedly. But <laughs> yeah. and uh, so we're doing a lot of really fun things to prepare yeah. for this crowdfunding campaign. So one of the things that I'm setting up right now is we're going to have a contest for people and it's going to be targeted toward lawyers and law students but anyone can do it uh is uh submit a case brief of a fake case set in a superhero world and we're going to pick the best ones and we're going to they're going to become legal canon in our universe (laughs) that we will now as writers have to work around well (laughs) maybe the maybe the the main prize that we're going for is producing a mini episode but it may be in an alternate universe because it may conflict with laws that we have already figured and out. And also it's a comic book universe. If we don't bring in the multiverse, what are we doing? Exactly. So <laughs> so, so yeah, there's uh it's gonna be really fun. I am really looking forward to seeing what people come up with. Uh but yeah, this has been very much a community effort and our cast has gotten really excited about it and been making fan art and memes already and the show isn't even out yet. It's great. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm making notes so I can talk to you after the <laughs> <laughs> Jack's got that sparkle in his eye. Yeah. <laughs> the problem is that I could spend as much time talking with you, and I want to talk about you. So I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm censoring myself so much uh, because you guys are so neat, and you have some really cool stuff on on the go. Could say it's mutual. <laughs> Love it. Could, should you? <laughs> as a dad, that's a wonderful joke. I just want to point thank you, that thank out. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, I want to know, so you also talked about, and I forget how you name these, because I'm an old time gamer. I, I, I play, I can probably see the behind. I got a bunch of role playing oh, games. Oh, bring it on. I, 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 play I played D&D. all the old games. <laughs> there are live campaigns going on that people record. They're not officially audio dramas, but people are, are performing. Actual plays. What, is yeah. that what called? Actual plays? Is that what you yeah. call Yeah. And you have that in Faustian nonsense. Do you want to talk to those? Yeah, I think I, I can introduce it. And Jackie, I think you actually know the ins and outs of Ghost on the Train a bit more than I do. Um, but the concept of an actual play is something that I'll be going over in the classes as well. And like the energy that you need to bring to that. You essentially need to treat it like an improv show. Um, and be ready to be in character at any given moment. Um, because the balance of it um, adds some levity for the listener to be able to back out of the world and have somebody genuinely just tell you what's happening and then go back into it and enjoy it back in context, where a lot of audio drama uh, suffers from having to very, very creatively work in exposition since you can't see anything. You can't see anything. There's no words to reread unless you are, you know, you've got a transcript that has like the descriptions added in also. Like you are, you're going based off of what the characters are saying and that's that. 
Um, the actual play gives you sort of a mid midway medium. And a lot of people like listening to it because it's much easier to multitask to. Um, you understand the base rules of the game, which is, you know, high numbers good, low numbers bad. Um, and usually, usually, uh, <laughs> most of the time, I'd say like 85% of the time, but, um, <laughs> now that we've confused the new listeners. Um, but you get, you get an idea kind of how the universe works. And then you also get the joy of listening to a bunch of friends talk, which is, yeah. I think, the biggest, warmest factor of talk shows like this where you feel like you're you know in the kitchen listening with us and that's you know it's the fun part of recording it and the fun part of listening it um so with actual plays you get you get both you get to learn the people who have made these characters why they've made these characters what the overarching art like uh like of the character is hoping to be before the character knows Mm -hmm. so you get this weird behind the scenes as a story is being made it's really thrilling um, and we've got for our own uh, actual play on the network is Ghost on a Train. Yeah, uh, Ghost on a Train is so fun. It's so much fun. It is gemmed by our own Greg uh, Karobas. Yeah, um, and they're fantastic. They're so funny. Uh, so funny. they have so many character voices that they drop into for NPCs. Greg actually voices Lysander yes. in A Midsummer's Quarantine, and you'll—I mean—I will have to offer no further persuasion because it's the funniest portray- portrayal of Lysander I've ever we were encountered. Having such a hard time not laughing while recording, recording, it became and, a problem. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, and we and we wrote this great script, problem to have, but so. still. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Ghost on a Train is, uh, for those familiar with RPGs, it is Powered by the Apocalypse uh, what a phrase. gameplay. Um, the actual game is called Ghost Lines, uh, and it is a Powered by the Apocalypse game. And so that explains what the dice system is that you're using and everything. Uh, but it is set in the Blades in the Dark universe, uh, which when they joined... FN, I was delighted because my favorite two games are Monster of the Week, which is powered by the Apocalypse and Blades in the Dark. So it was the best parts of my two favorite games combined. So it's a joy to listen to. And Greg just dove into the deep end of the Mm -hmm. lore of the Blades in the Dark universe, where I think a lot of people use it as flavor. Greg was like, let's actually get into the meat of this and why this is going to end up being a big problem or, you know, it's fun. Greg doesn't shy away from the big stuff. It's really, really fun. Nice. Yeah, I haven't played the apocalypse system, so I'll have to look for it. I'm I'm deep in the Modiphius system right now. Modiphius, oh, uh, it's either. out of England, and um, we, I have one of those poorly done because I've never done it before. But with my friends and mutual, we did it for fun one time. You can find it on the on the feed. Is it is that the only um, active play uh, that's going on right now on Faustian At nonsense, or do you have others? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, we we have another one kind of in the works uh, that I won't go too into, uh, but that has been a group that's been playing together for years. So it's going to be great. It's going to uh, be truly they, impressive. Yeah. Uh, but they have a lot of lore that they need to convey. Essentially, we're, we're learning how to get them back to square one. Yeah. So that the, but the, what, the fun part about that, like, I think the part that gets people nervous about actual plays in general is the standard reason people get nervous about playing their first session of D&D where like, oh man, I don't know who I am. I don't know who you guys are. I don't know what our dynamic is. And so we have this group of friends who have been playing for like four years. 
So they know these characters inside and out. And when by the time they're introduced to the listener, they are rock solid. And then you get the behind the scenes, but not all the info. So it's not like some intrigue in there, too. So we we cannot wait. That's going to be Traveler's Tales from East Coast Adventures. That's not out yet soon. But we um, we are also dabbling a bit in uh, game design. That's true. Uh, So one of the things that we're doing also for Super Suits is we're going to make a one page (laughs) RPG uh, that you can get if you back us at a certain level of crowdfunding. And what that means, by the way, if you are um, not familiar with the tabletop RPG stuff, is that all of the rules, everything you could ever need to know is on one page. And I don't mean in like 0.9 font. I mean like (laughs) size, like we might get away with 11, probably 12. Like it's meant to be that simple and you can run it in like one evening. It's very streamlined. Yeah. uh, And very good for beginners. And so we're going to be having uh, some of our voice actors playing it uh, on a stream at some point. And we'll probably put that in a podcast feed. uh, So people will be able to listen to that. So we don't that's not currently an active actual play, and it will be a one-shot, probably a few different one-shots, because we have a lot of very excited voice actors who want to play it. Uh, but it's um, that's definitely coming down the line, and there's we always have plans. We always, always have plans. <laughs> that's great. And I want to talk about what you're, we can expect to see in the future in a moment, but do you record everybody together? Or are you on a Zoom call? How does that work with the, with the active play? All right. So that's, oh, for the actual play, um, everybody records their own audio, I believe. So there are a couple folks that live together, and thus they use the same mic. But otherwise, yeah, they're on a Zoom call and everybody records their audio individually. I believe Ghosts on a Train actually started in person, but then when yeah. the pandemic hit, they had to do it split up and they've stuck with that. They actually do like a weekend of like a six hour session and then break that into episodes. That so is the smart way to do it. It is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if you're considering making your own, make it a lot easier on yourself and um, put the individual work into editing rather than on the actual creation of it. Um, but yeah, that is, yeah, so that's how uh, Ghost on a Train does it. So when you say uh, break it down into actual episodes, is there a, a really good time frame which makes an episode? What would you make for that? It's about 40 minutes or so per episode for Ghosts, um, with a little bit of variance, but not a lot. Um, and there's usually like arcs to each session. Greg has got a real knack for that of um, what to expect per each arc. So every, you know, third episode or so, you know that it's going to be something about um, like a character choice is going to happen or like a gear choice is going to happen or a world choice is going to happen. So it's very methodically placed and well thought out. And it takes place on a train. So there are built stops. stops. Basically, they'll have a line where they are going from point A to point B. And it takes a while and lots of attacks from ghosts happen along the the way. ghosts on the train. And uh, (laughs) and so they're... They'll usually they'll often have a guest for a particular trip. So mm-hmm. they'll say this line we have so and so guesting, uh, and that will usually wrap up a storyline fairly neatly, but then build into a larger thing that is kind of always growing. Uh, so it's it's really fun. Um, it's definitely something I always recommend people listen to in order and from the beginning. Very much, uh, but it also means that. If you haven't listened in a few weeks, you don't have to go back and re-listen. You're you'll, good. You'll figure it out. Yeah. 
Uh, there are you will want to, but you, <laughs> you don't yeah, have just to. for fun. Yeah, is so, there, you can so still actual play? I said active before. Actual play is there a, 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 a definitive end point, or is this going to continue to go on? That's that's a Greg question. That is a great question. Um, I don't know the answer to that. Knowing Greg, Greg is one of the people that made it into our staff before we realized we had a whole game studio. And Greg actually has a degree in game design and like uh, making the narrative arcs cohesive and everything. So knowing Greg, yes, there is a definitive way this ends. At the moment, I believe Greg is building all of the the parts and, and threads that will come to create, together to weave this fantastic tapestry um, so I think Greg is having fun with the chaos being sown at the moment, but knowing Greg, yeah, Greg's going somewhere. <laughs> that is speculation on our part. That is speculation. <laughs> Greg has not told us this. That's true. We love speculation. That's fine. <laughs> so after Super Suits, uh, do, I know like you've mentioned it before, Green Horizon, Paul Walsh is, is involved in that and he's on Mutual as well. We got him before we knew about you. And, um, <laughs> Uh, was he one of the next, like, who was the people outside of your duo or your smaller group that said, I, I want to be a part of this? Who, who, Paul what next show? Was, was it Paul? Paul was the first to reach out to us of his own accord. Um, and then we kind of stumbled into everybody else. We had Jonathan too, really. We had Jonathan. Yep. Yeah, I met Jonathan, um, through the, uh, oh gosh, what's it called? It's a Discord server and it's wonderful, especially if you're just starting out. Is it the audio, audio drama? Audio Fiction Network That's is right. the one that I met Jonathan through. And we bonded immediately because Jonathan basically was like, I have a whole podcast and I need a network. And I was like, I have a network and need a podcast. And it was, it was great. Um, <laughs> That's two great tastes that taste great together, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. We, we kind of, it was, a, it was a magically timed moment. I cannot guarantee that that will happen to you guys, listeners. But for Jonathan and I, we basically looked at each other, high-fived and called it a day. So like, <laughs> um, that was, we, we got Jonathan first. And then um, we, Jackie and I threw a party to celebrate um, queer representation and queer creators in audio drama because we found that it's such a big community and it's so much more vibrant because, you know, there's no overarching like um, NBC getting in the way and being like, no gays here. So you get a lot more people being openly everything, which is wonderful. And we wanted to, you know, celebrate that. And, and it was the release of Lavender Tavern. It was the release of Lavender Tavern, which was on February 14th, um, you know, Valentine's Day. Uh, so we we wanted to really, really just like revel in how cool it was that we were able to release that and celebrate Jonathan's achievement. And that's where we met. Um, this is a virtual party, to be yeah, clear. Yeah, a virtual uh, party. Yeah, we were not. <laughs> we are all over the place. <laughs> yeah, we don't think. I think we're the only two, maybe, that are in the the same location. <laughs> but um, yeah, we met um, some of the folks from Ghosts on a Train at that party, um, who then introduced us to who is now our marketing director, mm-hmm. um, who introduced us to, or no, we met through our marketing director's friend Guy, the folks who now produce Disc Space, which is like a book club but for video games. Um, we ba- it basically cascaded from there. And then Paul of the Green Horizon introduced us to Kai of Chain of Being. And listeners, if you haven't listened to Chain of Being yet, you are doing yourself a disservice. My God, Kai has created something beautiful. Um, and the newest episode is coming out, I think, at the end of the week or so. Um, this week being January 6th. But uh, yeah, it's we, we managed, we made a couple friends. And then from there, they, they brought kept, their friends. Yep. And that's how we also got uh, David. Yes, it um, is. Dose After You yep, was through, through Kai Paul and Paul. Yep. And yeah. we got, we've just got this little family now that I, I think we, we expected maybe three people tops <laughs> to come put up with us. And now we have a, a solid, we call them our, our FN staff is a group of like 20, 24 people. Wow. Of, of the folks who are involved in creating all of these podcasts. And 
we're now inextricably involved in everybody's projects. Um, everybody's voice is everywhere. Everybody's editing is everywhere. Everybody's SFX are everywhere. Um, and it's this streamlined so much for all of us. And we've started creating bigger original projects. That That is the difference, by the way, um, of original projects and sponsored. Uh, sponsored means that essentially it was made prior to FN. Um, so we didn't, we, we had no part in creating Green Horizon. We had no part in creating Ghost on a Train and all Be that stuff. Afraid. Be not afraid. Yeah. Um, but FN Originals is when us as a staff all come together and go, I kind of want to make a thing. Um, so, <laughs> um, yeah. How many shows do you have out and how many shows are currently in production haven't been released? Uh, uh, Counting is hard. Counting's really hard, Jack. <laughs> Numbers are weird. I've been told they're fake. Um, There's a lot of like, true. <laughs> how do you count things as yeah. well? Um, Let's see. Hold on. We have a we have a whole server for this. Let's see. Okay, so we have, uh, of the ones that we have sponsored, we've got Rankin Vile, Lavender Tavern, Green Horizon, uh, Ghosts on a Train, Chain of Being, Dose After You, and Be Not Afraid. Um, and then for stuff that is on the way, ooh, is this one announced yet? Can we talk about it? I don't think it is yet. Okay. All right. Okay. And that one's definitely not either. Or that one? <laughs> we can talk about Caveat M Tour. Okay. Great. We got Caveat M Tour, um, which is, uh, our, I think our first like pure horror piece. Um, we've got Midsummer's Quarantine. We've got Super Suits. We've got Jack of All Trades. Um, I think Midnight Oil is somewhat public. I guess that'll also be, that's a short horror story. That'll be yeah, a 10. It's a mini series. It'll be 10 episodes or so. Um, and, uh, disk space as well, which is in there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. So those are the ones that we can publicly speak about. That's awesome. <laughs> Did you manage to keep count of that? Cause I didn't. <laughs> I got seven that are out and, and almost yeah. the same amount that are in production yeah. in one way or another. What can we expect for this year? 2022. You believe it's 2022? <laughs> oh my I can barely even say that. I know. It yeah. sounds fake, doesn't it? It sounds like this is a Jetsons year. That's right. <laughs> like, yeah. In the distant future of 2022. Where's my starship um, to the moon? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do I get on that one? Yeah. <laughs> you think they'd have the tickets bookable, but, um, we've, the biggest things that you can expect from us this year are going to be the drop of Banshee, uh, super suits, the mm -hmm. crowdfunding of that this month and the release of that this year. Um, probably not long after we move fast. We do move very <laughs> fast. fast. Um, I am a bit of a stickler of a director, <laughs> but, uh, we'll also have crowdfunding for Jack of all trades season two because Jack of all trades season one is out in its entirety at the moment, all 12 episodes. So season two will be crowdfunding that and then producing that and probably releasing it this year. Also, maybe in like the last quarter of the year, um, since, you know, super suits is going to come in the first two. Um, and, uh, it depends on what else we're announcing. Yeah. And, and it's hard because we don't want to speak for our creators. Uh, you never want to announce something that, and then put someone under pressure to exactly. release by That makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. This space is one of the things that I would, I would count it as a 2022 thing because it came in late 2021. It's, yeah. It just started. Um, and it's it happens every uh, solstice, right? Well, Is every month. Okay. <laughs> uh, every month there's an episode and then every uh, solstice and equinox, there's a live episode. <laughs> just because. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and that's the video game book club. So if you're a fan of video games, they follow like the Steam sales and everything so that nobody gets bankrupted. But um, it's you. they've talked about, uh, I think, Control so far, Transistor. Um, I want to say Dishonored. 
Um, I, some of those are in production and some of those are post-production and I'm not genuinely, I'm genuinely not sure which is which, but, um, it's very good games, very, very good games, usually indie games that don't get as much attention as they should, Mm -hmm. or some classics that we just want to shower with love. Um, it's a lot of fun. So I recommend playing the games along with them and listening. It's, it's, it's a good time. Well, this has been a great time. Thank you so much. <laughs> what a great way to transition to the ending. We're at the, uh, sadly, we're at the end of our, our interview for now, but I'm hoping we can come back and chat some more. Of um, course. As often as, as I would like would be probably every week, but we're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you so much, Jackie. Uh, where can people find FN? FaustianNonsense.com. We're pretty straightforward like that. We'll take your soul, but you know, not your pencils and staplers and stuff. Yeah, and if you sign up for our email <laughs> newsletter, you get our uh, Shadow Monster mascot pod infiltrating your inbox and bringing you the latest of everything we've got going on. You know, he does his best. He doesn't quite understand humans and occasionally we'll call you a meat bag, but he is fun. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much and have a great night. Have you a great night, Jack. Now, you seem to me to be a connoisseur of the best of radio drama. In which case, make sure you're subscribed to the Monday Matinee feed. There we have our weekly series of dramatic, theatrical, classic, eclectic, and live radio drama. So, yeah, either the main mutual audio network feed for all types and genres of audio drama, or the Monday Matinee. And we'll see you there. The Mutual Audio Network, listening and imagining together.